listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to episode 49 of Cinemental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. everyone and welcome to another episode of the movie podcast that we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making. My name is Stephen Hovicki and as always I'm here with my co-host Hassan Godwin and Latham Conger III. Today's returning guest is a musician, film historian, and the author of over 40 published books. Most probably well known as the first American author of continuation James Bond novels from 1996 through 2002 when he wrote six original 007 novels and three film novelizations. His acclaimed series, The Black Stiletto, is currently in development, and his most recent thriller, Hotel Destiny, A Ghost Noir, is available now. Raymond Benson, welcome back to Cinemental. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. You're our second return guest. Oh, boy. Yeah, and I, I think we will suffer from consumption. Sorry, so what did you, what did you consume this week, Latham? Uh, not much. I, I've been working on the movie, so we watched Fuller House. We watched... Uh, Forensic Files. We watched this. The oh, we didn't watch the new episode of that show, HBO. Murder, uh, murder on uh, murder mid, on middle middle middle, middle I beach. I totally forgot. We were, so we'll watch that tomorrow. We this did be yeah. our third episode of that. Yeah, up third, to episode three. One, okay, there's four, maybe four or five. I'm not sure. And then um, Mandalorian. A Mandalorian, which was eh. I got a lot uh, to watch before next week. <laughs> Uh, I gotta it, finish season one first. In my opinion, it won't be it. It won't feel like a a long time. Like it'll be a good watch for you. I yeah. think those episodes are pretty solid. But go ahead, I mean, them, I'm they sorry. don't bring back the character they featured in in the latest one for the rest of the season. I'm going to be really annoyed with that. I'm tired of encapsulation episodes of something big cameos. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. assuming they will, but I mean, Ahsoka. So, um, yes. you're talking about Ahsoka? Ahsoka, yeah. I, okay. yeah. I didn't want to spoil it. If oh, please. Um, are you kidding me? Well, can start, can start anything Star Wars not be spoiled 30 <laughs> seconds after it's released? Oh, yeah. That, there's Come two on. pages on uh, Facebook Consequence of Sound and Conse- Consequence of Film. And they, they have a story up at like eight in the morning. And uh, me and everyone just starts, just starts reaming them. With no, you know, people aren't staying up at midnight to catch the new right. Mandalorian. Not, not everyone right. is staying up at midnight to catch it. And you have to have a little bit of tact if you're a film film site. You know, you can't nah, put they it. just want to scoop everybody else. They just but, wanna... but you don't even have to put it. You can write a story on it. Sure. Don't put a spoiler in the, in the, in the, in the title. headline. Yeah. In the yeah. headline. Don't do that. And don't put a picture up with a spoiler. That's that's shitty. It that's is really shitty. It is. Whatever. That's just my beat. Cannot, and then, cannot uh, disagree with that. I cannot disagree. disagree. With 
I don't know, I said I can't disagree with you. Yeah. It's, I, it's, just, it's just tactless. It's tactless. And it is. If you want to get looks for it, then then you're just like every other social media whore out there, and you're you're common. You're, it's you're monkey common behavior. Yeah. Um, and then I I showed Amaya uh, the movie. She slept over, and we watched uh, Ocean's Eleven. Um, oh, that's fun. Which I hadn't seen in a while, and I liked better this time watching it. I still I gave it a good rating, but. I thought I had given it a better rating, and I didn't. So I assume you've seen, you've seen twelve and thirteen, yeah. Yeah, neither okay. are comparable. The the first one. I thought twelve. I mean, they're they're I close. Thought, I thought twelve was comparable. Not. I actually like. There's some story elements in twelve that I like. Uh, arguably, not necessarily better than eleven, but I like it because all the characters are already established, so they can just more work on the story itself than having to deal with getting everyone up to speed on Assembling. every character. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, three is not definitely not, or uh, uh, thirteen is definitely not as strong as eleven and twelve. But I feel as a trilogy, solid overall, and I like Ocean's Eight. I didn't see that yet. I thought it was thoroughly enjoyable. Great cast. That was the all female one, right? Correct. His sister. Okay. Yeah, with Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock, and just uh, I haven't uh, seen that yet. It's got Aquafina, who's got a 50-50 shot of rubbing me the wrong way in anything she's in. <laughs> I've seen her in stuff, and I thought she was great, and I've seen her in stuff where I wanted to strangle her 10, second, 10 seconds after she's on screen. Aquafina? Uh, uh, Aquafina, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, she does nothing for me. She's not, I don't find her funny. I don't find her fun to watch I, I don't like her yeah like i said <laughs> it just depends depends on the on the thing so asan um i told you about uh uh the, the queen's gambit right i told you that was that last week did i say i go th- i went through that yes i watched all of that okay yeah and i watched the the i watched the leap of faith the freaking uh the, the freaking documentary the, the freaking freaking <laughs> documentary yeah. freaking. What'd, what'd you think I, I thought it was amazing. You know, yeah. I, th- I think I praised it on, on text. I was texting you about it. Like, this is, this is fucking ridiculous. And I, know, then, like, I just the wanted first, you to say it. The, f- <laughs> the first 10 minutes of it was ridiculous. And, the, yeah. and like I said, the, you're the, just the mesmerized. Person. As soon as he starts talking, you're just like, yeah, because he just, he, first of all, it's just him. And, um, and there's no, there's no lights and, you know, pomp yeah. and circumstance or whatever. He's just sitting in the chair and he's just talking about, one of his seminal pieces of work, you know, and having yeah. and being someone who's never done a seminal work, it's just you know, it's it's awe inspiring, uh, just and, for that alone. And just great, not not only the insights to the, the like some of the stuff that you were texting me about, but like just the the little bits of information that have never been brought up before anywhere that I've seen about the about the making of the film. Yeah, uh, and just I mean, like you know the background stuff. I mean, he he. There's a couple of things that that he uh, little little story tidbits. He I'm not going to tell him because I don't want to ruin it for Lay. But it's like a couple of things that he tells that I've never heard before, and I'm just like, holy crap, really? Just just great stuff. Yeah. And then really, like, really, a, it's it's one of those documentaries where it's almost it almost doesn't it almost feels effortless because of you know it's literally him like you said it's him sitting in a chair, and it's like oh I'm going to turn the camera on. And then we're going to intercut, you know, some other footage and stills and stuff we have to tie in with what you're saying. But it's it's basically like, let's roll. Yeah. And it just, the the mouth of the master just opens and all of this 
great information comes out of it. It's just, that's why I'm like, Oh my God, how, how fucking great would it be to get him on here? It, I wouldn't, I'd be useless that episode. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. go right after him. Hello, sir. Everything you said was great. And every movie you have you watched that Netflix? Thank have you. you watched the Netflix movie, the Netflix documentary he made, The Devil and, and Father Amort? No, 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 I have not. There's a there's a there's a Netflix documentary that he that he put together about a living, real living priest that does exorcisms, okay. and he and wow. he goes and he goes with him on one. <laughs> you should check. You should check it out. It's pretty. Okay. It's, it's pretty interesting to watch. Well, uh, what's it what's it called? The The Devil and Father Amort. A M O R T. Okay. Uh, devil doesn't All exist, right. so I'm not gonna enjoy that. I'm just gonna look for what they're faking. And- anyway, um I also saw <laughs> I saw eh? uh, <laughs> Let Him Go. The oh, the yeah. Kevin Costner film. That? Oh, how is that? It's good. Okay. It's very good. It's heavy. Good. A lot of it's it's pretty heavy. I kept the problem with the film, unfortunately. Is it heavy? Waiting. Is it is it heavier than a perfect world? It's that's, on par with that. A great okay. movie. Yeah, yes. yeah, it's on par with that. Um that's an underrated I think film. it's a little more subdued than a perfect world. It's okay. a little it's a little less like a little less of a punch in the gut. But there is a <laughs> punch there's in no the gut. Clint. <laughs> yes. I kept the problem with the the film is I kept waiting for Henry Cavill to show up and fix everything. No. Yeah. And he just didn't. Why is he in it? Or you were just no. waiting for him to show up? Yeah. Oh, because... I, okay. I get it. I, okay. Good. 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 But are you going to feel that way about every <laughs> Kevin Costner film? Every Kevin Costner film he does with Diane Lane. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Why is he in Man of Steel? They're they're they are they're they're, 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 they're the yeah, they're Mom and Pop Kent in the Man of Steel. So so you just wait for Henry Cable to not see Man of Steel. And it's almost the same. It's the same. It's almost the same aesthetic because it takes place in the. I think in the sixties. I think okay. it's. But you know, so it's so you just wait for him to float in and That's fix funny. all of the problems. And it's like, come on, man. You know, uh, <laughs> where's he going to sell the hurt muffin? You know, <laughs> sell sell all these assholes a hurt muffin. Still warm, <laughs> hurt muffin. Um, Delivered hot. Yeah, it, 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 it was. It's really good, though. Okay. Um, I would say it's on par with uh, with the dis- also the discovery of uh, Greyhound. Did you see? Have you seen Greyhound yet? I have not watched. Have you? It's kind of like that where you're watching and it's like, wow, this is way better than it should be. You know, because we're still we're still of the mindset of if it comes on television and didn't get a theatrical release, there's something wrong with it, or it's you know, this it's somewhat diminished from you know, being a full theatrical experience. Yeah. And no, you know, it's not. It's, Greyhound is a great movie. It really is. Um, and uh, and so is uh, Let Him Go. I also saw Uncle Frank, which is on Amazon, which is with Paul Bettany. Oh, I saw the, the <clears throat> tr- not the trailer for it, but I saw, I saw the ad for it. Yeah. And that's a really good movie. It's completely different kind of heavy. Um, okay. It's really, it's, it's really solid. I started watching the, the, the Pixar documentary on um, Disney Plus, but I haven't seen enough of it to, uh, to really comment on it yet. I think I've watched that. I'm pretty sure yeah. I watched that. Well, no, there's a, there's a series. There's a documentary about the Pixar films, and then there's a series 
of, oh, okay. you know, of, of episodes. I think there's four or five. I don't know, you know. So, like I said, I just, I literally just started getting into it uh, earlier today. And then I fell okay. asleep because I had a McRib. And then, uh, so, <laughs> so basically, I don't know. And I then don't I know went to sleep. To, yeah, I don't know enough to report on it yet. Um, there is a, I, I watched a, man, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I really need to make a list. <laughs> Did you watch the new Mel Gibson, uh, Frank Grillo film, Boss Level? No, I have not. Okay. I have not seen it. Um, I haven't watched, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not big into Mel Gibson um, films. What about um, the Santa one? Fat Man? I guess uh, it's on my hard no, drive to watch I have not. I've not seen it yet. I, had, I, gotta, I do have it. I've got to watch that. See it. <laughs> I'm going to watch both. And the boss level is directed by Joe Carnahan. Oh, okay. okay. I'll, I'll watch it. I did watch uh, Star Trek Discovery uh, since last week and also uh, The Mandalorian. It's great this year. It is very good this year. I can't wait um, to get back into it. Uh, and The Mandalorian was – I enjoyed that episode. Cause, but, but it's not I enjoyed a bad it for, episode. It's just yeah. – I enjoyed it because I, because I think it's – I think it could be a disaster translating a cartoon character into a live-action character. Oh, yeah. So the – so because it wasn't a disaster, I thought I mean, it was... look what happened with Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it was a disaster because he got eaten by a giant sand vagina. But I mean... <laughs> it took two movies Man for that to happen. <laughs> uh, I'm halfway through the first season. I have not kept up with it, but uh, oh, okay. we're going to be discussing it apparently. I'm going to be a guest on uh, Rogue Wave next Wednesday, so I have to watch all of them yeah. before then, so... Yeah, you, well, only only to to save yourself from not having things spoiled because you know that discussion is not going to be all that deep, right? You do know that, right? You've you've listened to previous discussions. I did think the Queen's Gambit is fantastic, though. Yeah, I'll get to that. Um, I've seen they're they're memeing it, you know, because it was written by a man, so it's getting it's getting memed, oh, of course, very badly, oh, by women who don't think that uh, men understand ro- uh, a woman's uh, state of rock bottom or whatever. What I've seen, but I don't. Did you see who uh, who apparently did all the chess choreography for it? No, I did not. Gary Kasparov, which is why the which is, which is why, why the chess of, is accurate. Yeah, which is why a lot of uh, chess aficionados have been saying that it's an exceptional piece of fiction oh, you have to get that right if you don't get that right in this day and age you're... you'd be surprised how many people don't get like very like yeah. I, like, like well, to this day music movies or whatever people oh, um, stories about people yeah. playing music are atrocious right from from a from a music playing standpoint I'm like there's no you don't even hold a guitar like that. but i feel you like know, with a don't... series like that which is so fun i mean I, was, I haven't seen it so i don't know the actual depth of the integration of chess into the story but i from what i understand it's pretty well integrated into it i think you almost have to have had someone involved but for them to reach out and get someone of of his caliber to be your consultant that's that's pretty cool it's it's not i mean the movie the, the the excuse me the show in and of itself is really well done but i think the i think what stands out is how the story is told okay and I can't really describe that to you guys. Sure. Um, and not because I don't want to spoil it, but it's really hard to describe <laughs> what. No, because I can't. I don't understand. Yes, it. <laughs> exactly. It's, a, it's, it's just, it, you know, something you want, you see something that's exceptional. Sometimes you can't say, I don't know why this is great, but it's, right. it's great, you know. And uh, so um, 
I can't describe. Yeah, I might. I can't I might describe what pornography is, but I know it when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't always describe what it makes a great film, but I know it when I see it. <laughs> I might end up watching that again, but I don't know. Um, because I know I'm. I'm about to get into. Uh, we're get, we're heading into uh, expanse season. Uh, so I got to start. I got to watch last uh, season, season for that, right? No, this is there. There'll be one more. So this will be season five, and then they'll oh, be gonna season do, six. They're going to do a six, year. okay? Because I thought I read mm-hmm. somewhere that they had already said that the whatever the season or they announced whatever their last season is going to be. I just didn't know where it was falling. Yeah, which kind of sucks, but I mean, it had a, it's a good run. Six years is a good run. Now, um, have you read those five books? I've read three out of those books. Out of, I don't. I don't. I think there's more than five because there's oh, a bunch there? of oh, there's, okay. there's main books and then there's little side stories. There's like novellas and stuff like that. And I was just wondering how much of do you know how much of that they're of that they've planned or planned to cover in the in the does it go by season per book or no? Kind of. Um, remember the Born Identity? Sure. Where uh, no the movies, not the books, because I've never read the books. Oh, I, I've read how, the books. Um, yeah, I know. I know. That's why I'm but yeah. being careful. Okay, one of them, if you recall, takes place you during the takes, during the previous one. Yeah, yes. During the previous yep. one. That's kind of Okay. how they do those books. Okay. Like the first season's like maybe the first So is it it's sim- is it half of the first book? Is and it then similar it, to the way uh the 4th and 5th Game of Thrones books were where they kind of were simultaneous but with different characters? There's a lot of that. Okay. There's a lot of switching switching things around. And they, I mean, they they stay they're they stay faithful to the narrative, but they don't really always stay faithful to events, you know. They and in my opinion, the the television show does a better job, you know, of something. There are certain um, like like the what I've always been saying is my favorite uh, Harry Potter f- uh, film is uh, Order of the Phoenix. My attitude about that is that there are things that happen in that movie that are way better than the way they are depicted in the book. Okay. Okay. So there, there's a lot of that in the expanse. Like, wow, like this was way better in the show. <laughs> like they did a way better job of conveying this in the show. Um, and I've, I've, I've rarely read something of theirs that I didn't think was done better justice in the television show than, than in the book. Like I've rarely seen an episode where I'm like, this was, you know, they, they depicted this way better in the book than it did in the show. So it's, but I mean, those books are worth reading. They're good books. Um, I feel the same way about the, the Bo- about the Bourne books, to be honest with you. The three, the three Robert Ludlum Bourne books. You yeah. read all of those? Oh, I read them. I read them well before the movies ever came out. Oh, I, n- I never read those. Uh, yeah, that, well, that's why there's a lot. First of all, when you read the books, there's so much that takes place. Like, first of all, at the end of the first book, he gets his identity back. He, he get okay. they tell him what his real name is. And when the second book starts, he's off doing, he's teaching at a university. Wow, that's way different. And he's like, and they, and, they, and they basically call him up and say, hey, there's this thing going on. I can't remember if it's the second or the third one. I think it's the third one where there it's loose. It's a loose connection to a Carlos the Jackal style world ranging hitman, and they sort of they want him to help them go after him. Uh, okay. And then it's in the third one because well, basically because what happens is this this assassin ends up using the Jason Bourne identity involved with a hit. 
but they know that it wasn't him because he's a teacher at this university and obviously is well covered on all bases. But since yeah, because but because this guy doesn't know that Jason Bourne, you know, to their eyes, Jason Bourne just disappeared. You know, where he has whereas he went back to real life under his real name and the Jason Bourne and the Jason Bourne identity. So at the at the second book is kind of him having to go back and sort of get settled back into all that learned the fighting and the training and all that kind of stuff because he's kind of packed that all away uh, and start a real and started a real life for himself. Right. Um and and unoriginal unoriginally the beginning of the third book is a little bit similar. You know, he's again back teaching and you know it's kind of a they suck they pull me back in kind of situation <laughs> yeah. for the third one as well. But he's married to Marie and you know she's never involved in the other stories, you know, to any great extent other than, you know, then usually at, you know, at the framing sequences, you know, front and back. And, uh, you know, she's alive, you know, she doesn't just, they don't just kill her off, which was, you know, you know, Franca Patenta didn't want to do a bunch of films. She just wanted to do the one. That's just why they killed her off in the second one. But I think the first one's the weakest. What's that? I think the first one's the weakest one. I, 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 the second and third one are better. The first one I, I didn't think was great. Interesting. The Doug the, so you don't like the Doug Lyman one and you get the, the Paul Greengrass ones. Yeah. Oh, did he do two and three? He did two, three, and five. Yeah, because the fourth one was uh Jeremy Renner. Right. That's right? that's yeah. a legacy. Was, I don't remember the fifth one. Oh, Jason uh, Bourne. Just, yeah, I didn't see that movie. I didn't see the fifth one, I don't think. It's good. It looked dumb. It's Greengrass and him back together, so which is the which is both of them have said are the only way they'll do those films. They both said they'll continue to make them, but they'll only make them with each other. Okay. Fair enough. Yep. Still think he killed that guy in the, uh, in the first one in the, in the, in the, <laughs> went off the balcony. Still think he killed that guy for real. <laughs> I'm convinced. <laughs> I'm convinced he murdered that guy for real. <laughs> and they just didn't bother to tell anybody. Yeah, they just filmed it. <laughs> All right, just just keep it going. Well, moving keep moving going. on. Might as well just make a movie around this scene. Cut print. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> Cut print. Check the gate. All right, let's move on. There's um what what, what, the, what was that movie? Um um Unleashed. Jet Li Unleashed. Yes. In the first five minutes, like of that film, I'm like, I'm convinced he killed a stuntman. I'm like, this, there's a guy who takes a hit this guy is in the dead. first frame, and I'm like, that guy. There's no way that guy got up from that. I'm sorry. He's just. <laughs> and Hassan, uh, I mean, that was weird. I'm that sure was you were aware of this, but I only became aware of this today. There are three-hour Blu-ray editions, extended editions of all of the Swedish Millennium films. I did not know that. You didn't know that. No, I didn't. Uh, there are there are on sale. Uh, so yeah. it's an it's a Blu-ray set that came out a number of years ago now, and what they are is they're extended editions. So each one of the stories has been broken up into two ninety-minute segments. So they so there's there, there's like six. Discs, it's essentially basically. nine hours. And you get all, and it's one story, and it's all three, and you go right through them. It's like a mini. Apparently, they played it as they they showed it in Sweden as a mini series. Mini series. They, ex- yeah. they extended all like the, they did with um uh, the Hateful Eight. 
on uh, Netflix, yes. right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Where, we, where he came back and added all that stuff in to make it uh, two parts or whatever, a two like a two-hour part and an hour and forty-five-minute like, part or something. Yeah, I think it's like three or four, four episodes. Is it that many? Is it? Yeah, okay. I think so. Um, but yeah, which is good, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so those are all those are all available now. So once uh, once once I get a little time cleared out, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through all those and watch that nine-hour. Epic. They're very good. They're they're not. The, oh, I've, the I've seen the Lynch. first one. I know. I I I I yeah. really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Well David before. Lynch. Did I say David Lynch? Yeah, I you did. That? I meant to me. Venture. Um, David Lyncher. <laughs> David Lyncher. Yeah. His his David, his David uh, take on it. David Flincher. Don't flinch. Don't flinch. David uh, his his uh. His is very viscerally visually visceral, but there's a lot left out of it. Like that's the that's the only issue if you have an issue, and I and it's and the the other thing that sucks about that film is that it's the only one we're gonna get. Yeah, because that studio dropped the ball yeah. so so tremendously. I now want to do a David Finch podcast and call it Two for Finching. Uh, <laughs> this has been a hard night for me, fellas. Thank good. you, thank you very much. I for... like that one. <laughs> Between the I two like of you, I don't know one. what's been going on, but. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of I want to do uh, something going I want to do uh I want to do I'm going to do a, a podcast with Hassan where we just watch classic horror films and he watches them for the first time live. <laughs> Why? Why is this happening? What Why are you going fuck? upstairs? F- <laughs> nope, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> do not go upstairs. Do not you're going upstairs. You're going up. What did well, I look, just man, say? I'm did I not just say don't go upstairs? <laughs> uh, what would that that bear scene in annihilation almost theater. ruined me that was uh, i was like oh come on like and it's funny because i'm intellectually with it to know yes. what i'm looking at but it's still like i can't you can't stop it from you can't stop the the dread from creeping in it's done like, correctly you you're 100 percent think your way around it yeah it just has to be and done correctly sucks <laughs> I don't want it to be done correctly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Again, I want a horror movie where I could overlook everything. Good horror movies are still good horror movies, you know. Even if they, you know, listen, I, I, I it, it takes a lot to freak me out, you know, or or get me any yeah. any to get me to any level of any sense of dread or spookiness. But um, it does still happen, you know. I'll sometimes I'll be watching a movie and sometimes I'll just get a fucking do get the quick shiver, you know, just because there'll be yeah. there'll be a sequence where you're just like. That is don't do that. that fucking works, you know. Yeah, don't don't um, do that. The last time, the, the, the last scene... time was in that "May the Devil Take You" that I just watched, uh, that Indonesian film. I'm really interested. Anyway, I'm sorry, sorry, but just to complete the thought with Latham, I'm really interested yeah. about that that talk tomorrow. I'm uh, I'm going to try and actually tune into it because I'm I'm really curious to see what their what their 15 best fight sequences are because I know a couple that I'll that I'll be really interested to see how deep they dig the two of them right yeah, I mean, when they say fights what do they mean you know that could be i mean is yeah, it fist fights is it, is it i'm is guessing martial arts or i'm I mean, guessing they should have the atomic blonde fight in there and they probably won't so mm. one of the one of the best i mean the one from in my opinion yeah one of the best that's ever been depicted in my opinion is a hallway fight in, in old boy and gross gross point blank oh oh yeah it's with a yeah. that assassin yeah that's like one of the most realistic fights i've ever I thought seen you were gonna say the hallway fight from old boy which is the 
fucking yeah, brilliant. Exactly. Holy shit. Yeah, but this, I mean, that, it yeah. was the, the gross point blank one is way less. It, it, oh, yeah. Visceral, yes. You know, and uh, and and just, it just. It looks like it hurts, like all the, the right. All the, you get the, tired. Not on a you get tired. Not on a superhero level. You get tired yeah, quick. Yeah. Yeah, you know, fight, yeah fight. because you're extending your body in ways it shouldn't be extended. You well, know? and that and the adrenaline and everything else, it's like fights like that don't go on very long. No. Um, it's a war of attrition, especially if it, especially if for two guys who are matched evenly. Yeah, man, I can't. I, I'm thinking about it now. And then a mirror in the bathroom uh, song on top yeah. of it because it was, you know, just a mirror in the bathroom. What a, what a and then, that and then, and then, fights. and then, it's not me. <laughs> it's no, it's, not, it's me. not me. Yeah, <laughs> the mini driver just happens to find him uh, pen in hand over a dead body. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. What a movie! That's a, film. that's a fucking. I love that movie on so many levels. That 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 is a movie that it's at its core is something that. I would love to have come up with that's that's one of those stories where it's like a guy disappears from high school becomes a hitman that goes back to his high school reunion and you write a so and you simple. and you write a comedy around it that's got very very serious undertones inserted into the story that and it's so well balanced it's never it never feels too much like one or the other yeah you know I just yeah. he sees he sees the assassin on the street and they pass each other by and then he walks right into Jer- uh, Jeremy Piven, you yeah. know, like it's and the whole the whole dynamic the whole tone shifts. Yes, and then they go on the Jeremy Piven adventure for the rest of the next few yeah. scenes. Yeah, really great, fantastic film. I agree. Um, What's your review of that one, Lay? I know you don't care. What? Gross point blank. Uh, I, it's a good movie, but I think it's overrated. I don't ever buy. Uh, John Cusack as a killer. That's the problem I have with that movie. I well, he kills don't. a lot of people. Though. I know. I don't buy it when he does it. I'm just like, I just don't buy it. It's hard to. In the same way, in the same he... way that you wouldn't buy Adam Sandler playing an assassin. Yeah. I just don't, I don't buy that I, I actor. It's terrible casting. Okay. I think it's terrible casting. Okay. I don't, I just don't buy it. I think if you bought it though, I think that would ruin the, what whatever dynamic they were trying to go for, you know, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I'm right. just trying to think if he was more credible, as if you could look at him and feel the the credible dread of someone who has killed a number of people. I don't think you would buy the comedy of it. You know, I don't think I you would. Yes, I guess it's hard to get the right person for it. But yeah, I mean, you put John Reno in that role, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, because <laughs> you buy it because you know. You know, you know, it's killed people in real life. Correct. You know it. You just know it. Yeah. So if you if you if you watch it, like I don't think this is I don't think any of this is funny. How did you, <laughs> how, you Lay? How did you feel about Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Three stars. Fun movie. Not great. Did you buy either of them as assassins? I love it. It's another good fight scene. It's a different yes. tone. It's a different tone. The tone is too serious in Gross Point Blank at times for John Cusack. I just don't. I just didn't buy him as a, as a killer. I just didn't, I don't know why I just, Mr. And Mrs. Smith. I thought they were, they were playing it more from a fun angle. And I, I bought it that way. 
if that makes any sense. Tony doesn't agree with you. Tony thinks you're wrong. <laughs> I don't remember it. It's been a long time since I've seen that. I do remember when they were interrogating that guy, and I, she was like, wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's taking too long. To, yeah. And he was like, would you do mine? I'm trying to do this thing. Okay. <laughs> That and the fight scene with the express yourself uh, the, in the background, yeah, pretty good. Uh, good I thought here, that, that uh, the the only the only thing I'll say about that movie that I that I thought was a potentially I th- I thought that the final fight scene shootout in the in the mall or in the shopping store in the store or whatever they're at they do yeah just a touch over the top. There was just it became there, comic book. Yes, yes, it became very comic booky. And and even more comic booky than a lot of comic book based yeah, stuff with, like with that. With Dare Go, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. I do like when he killed that guy in the in the, when the driveway. He was like, I swear these fuckers get younger every year. Yeah, <laughs> right. But uh, I fucking love Brad Pitt. I like. I, I, I'll, yeah. I'll watch that guy do anything. Yeah, he's. That's uh, as I've stated before. I've never seen Brad Pitt in a role that I didn't absolutely believe him in. I never, I never seen a movie where I look at Brad Pitt and go, "Oh, there's Brad Pitt, the actor." Yeah, he kind of works. He's, he's a, a fucking chameleon. You know, he's a he's a very low level chameleon. You even buy him as Achilles. That's yeah, strange. That's it, it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> he's for as for as an attractive a man he is. He is and stands out in a crowd. His ability to make very normal seeming characters come to life that way is kind of amazing. Yeah, you yeah, know, and maybe that's part of it. Maybe that you know he it, he's sort of charming you into thinking he's whatever he wants to be because he is that attractive. But yeah, and there's a lot of there's there's probably a lot of charisma. That I believe they call that. That's what got uh, what's his name over and over and over and over and over. Um, Bundy, Ted Bundy had the same thing, and that's why they just kept letting him go. Yeah, I don't yeah, get that. I don't get that. He doesn't just let him out. He is not. <laughs> he didn't seem like a charismatic guy to me at all. Well, each their own. Luckily, yeah. I guess in the seventies he was very charismatic. <laughs> yeah, the seventies was a bad time. Yeah. If you watch Uncle Frank, the worst thing about that film is the, is the is the aesthetics. I'm like, ugh. The pants and stuff. <laughs> everything, yeah, everything is like everything is beige and paisley. It's, it's so terrible. Asian. This is ugly. Everything is just so ugly. Welcome to the wide world of beige and paisley. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on to Raymond's guilty pleasure. Uh, if you if you want to, this is a real guilty pleasure too. <laughs> yeah, you're in trouble thinking of one. Yeah, heavy metal. Columbia Pictures presents heavy metal. A trip beyond the future to a universe you've never seen before. A universe of mystery. A universe of passionate fantasies. A universe of terrifying evil. A universe of magic. Heavy metal. Heavy metal. A step beyond science fiction. From 1981, directed by eight different people, with a running time of 86 minutes. Is that true? Yes. Each segment had its own director. I thought it had the one guy who was the main dude, though. 
there were two yeah, main. Ger- were, Gerald Potterton it was the director. He was the over. He was the overseeing director, but each each segment had its own director as well. Yeah, well, he's kind of like the main director. Okay, that's fine. Just let me fucking read the goddamn synopsis <laughs> and get onto it. An evil green space orb attempts to prevent its own demise by killing off the only possible enemy to its existence. But first, it will prove what its powers are by showing us a series of very adult-oriented animated tales linked by the green orb's power to subvert anyone to evil. Raymond, heavy metal. Bring it on. <laughs> All right. This came, out in 1980. Yeah, this came out in 1981. Uh, I was in living in New York, Manhattan, and... Uh, uh, a friend of mine and I uh, went in a, a a very altered state to see to see the movie, <laughs> uh, which was the per- per- perfect way to see it. And uh, it, I just dug the he- heck out of it. You know, for one thing, I thought it was hilarious. You know, it, uh, a lot of the voices are the SCTV guys, like Eugene Levy and Harold Ramis and John Candy, Joe Flaherty, uh, and. I, I was, you know, also at the time I was reading Heavy Metal, the magazine. You know, I was every yeah. now and then, I wasn't like a subscriber or anything, but every now and then I'd pick it up and uh, I liked it. It was fun. Um, it was just, uh, it just kind of came at the right time. It was, you know, it's not a perfect film and not all the segments are as, seg- as successful as some of them. But some of them I think are really, really good. Um, I just think it's funny and it's uh it had great imagery and the music was was cool i bought the soundtrack albums both the the rock soundtrack as well as the elmer bernstein score um and uh it's just you know i i think it's a fun movie uh today it comes off as as pretty sexist and (laughs) (laughs) i thought a pg version so i wouldn't know it was 12 minutes long What's that? I saw the PG version. It was twelve minutes long. <sighs> All right. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is rated R for sure. Um, uh, you know, it. The, I think the 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 book ending uh, storyline that tries to link everything together is kind of weak. Uh, but the uh-huh. the open the opening segment of Harry Canyon, uh, the the segment called Den. Uh, uh and uh That's captain stern yeah, yeah and captain stern is uh those three are are really really good i love that song the reach out and take it song for captain stern yeah oh, always, yeah. yeah for years and years stern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah give me a break <laughs> <laughs> yes by the way the guy who voiced hanover fist was is squidward on spongebob <laughs> yeah i can hear it consume, consume <laughs> that uh latham never, never seen um you've never <clears throat> seen spongebob squarepants i mean i've seen clips but i've never watched one episode all the way through you'll watch fucking 10 epi 10 years <clears throat> of fuller house but you won't watch an episode That's of fucking show, SpongeBob. Dude. yeah wait you know, wait till you accidentally consume an episode of spongebob squarepants and realize how fucking brilliant that show is hold Go. on let me write that down Raymond. Okay, I'll do it Very later. Sorry, Raymond. <laughs> um, okay, so I mean, we know why we went and saw this movie as eleven or twelve or thirteen year olds. Or tried, <laughs> yeah, or tried to. I think I saw it when I was fourteen. I don't think I ever really watched it all the way through. I just 
probably saw the scenes that my friends rewinded to to see the the, the naked <laughs> cartoon bodies in it. Um, you know, God, I'm so much older than you guys. I'm t I was 26 when I first saw it. <laughs> yeah, you're so much older, Raymond. Jeez, I don't. You know, when you watch this movie from beginning to end, uh, it, it just it just doesn't work for me. It's it's disjointed. It's got a lot of good ideas. The animation is interesting at times and other times it's just grading and i get it they had limitations at the time but you know there are disney movies that came out decades before this movie and those still hold up this one i just don't think it holds up i i would agree with raymond i think the best the best little mini story is the first one with harry canyon that one's kind of fun to watch but yeah it just it's such a loosely connected idea it's it's like I feel like they had a lot of good ideas and didn't know not only where to go with it or they just thought they had enough of what they had. And they're like, ah, we're going to have naked chicks in this movie and a lot of gory violence. And that'll that'll bring people in. And that's all we need. We're not going to worry about the story as much. And I wish they would have worked on the story a little bit better and made it more cohesive or connecting. I know they're little vignettes, you know, all strung together. The last one's a, is good too, but I didn't, uh, I don't remember. Uh, I, I think I liked it a lot better when I was younger and now seeing it as an older person, I just don't, I just don't find any connection with it. I would, uh, I think people should probably see it. I think it's a little bit iconic because it's, you know, it's animation is unique and it's, you know, sexist point of view is a little unique, but uh, other than that, I I don't have uh, I don't have much else to say about it. I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. I'm viewing. Right. I will. Uh, I will uh, agree with you on many of the points you just made. It uh, it is very much of that era in which it came out. Uh, I think that anyone who grew up reading heavy metal magazine will be able to make the connection to the film and understand that and why and why and what it is and why they bothered to even make this movie. Uh, but beyond that, I agree. I think that the Harry Canyon and the Tarna stories are probably the two strongest, the most visually impactful to me personally is the B-17 story with the, with the zombies in the fight in the, uh, the, the bomber in the super fortress. Yep. And uh, that, that's my favorite segment of the film. Of course it is. <laughs> of course. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I honestly, it's been, I can't, I can't even tell you how long it's been since I've seen this movie or even any part of this movie. And as soon as it, as soon as it jumped into the Harry Canyon story, I was just like, Oh yeah. And I, I, I remembered everything, all the, all the bits. Yeah, me too. But the absolute lack of connectivity to everything and the lack of just sort of cohesiveness of the actual film, you know, I understand they try like, you know, like Raymond said with the, uh, with the Grimaldi framing sequence, I understand what they were trying to do. Uh, I just felt they, they should have spent a little more time setting that up a little a little deep, you know, kind of set that hook a little deeper to, to sort of, uh, make them. I mean, there's there, all the, all the stories are very clear. It's very straightforward. 
there's nothing there's nothing confusing or anything else about the green orb in any of the stories you understand that it's this evil entity that subverts all you know wherever it touches to evil and that's that's fine hassan i just no i just uh it just i don't really have anything much more to say about it. i mean yeah, I, you really kind of nailed everything on it for me too i mean it's I, other, other than seeing naked cartoon women I, which it's so much easier to see you know real naked women this in this day and age why you'd bother to go back and hunt down naked cartoon <laughs> women i don't know i think it would have well, been it would have been more successful without the link trying without them trying to link the stories if they had just done okay this is an anthology movie like the magazine of separate right. stories you know it might have you know you might have felt it would be more successful it's almost an experimental film it's like it's like they thought, well, no one's done this. I mean, there are some cartoon movies from the 70s maybe that are similar. Like, I've never seen Fritz the Cat. I'm going to assume that's similar in some way. Animation. Uh, no, that's uh, one story. Yeah. That's one story, yeah. No, it's one story, but I mean the animation, the type of animation, it's similar, right? Like Bakshi. It's Bakshi. Ralph Bakshi. But yeah. is it different than this? Yeah. It's, yeah, it, even, it though it's a rough, even though it's a rougher style, it's still much cleaner. Okay, so... This is, you know, this was its own animation style and, you know, it's an R-rated animation in 1981. I mean, that's, that's pretty, I wouldn't say revolutionary, right. but, but unique and experimental for the time. So it feels like they just, you know, they had, a, they took on a lot and they, at some point they said, that's enough for this. So, uh, but I agree with Raymond that it'd be better if it was not, really tried to if they didn't really try to connect everything with just this evil ball that always wins until it doesn't win in the end so you know sorry hassan good i never liked this movie even when i was a kid what age did um, you see it hassan do you remember an hbo viewing no this was an on tv I was in high movie. school though remember on tv yep i think it was on on tv i forget i don't remember how i think i borrowed it from someone i think someone had had the VHS of it, and I borrowed it from someone. You know, my least favorite moment of the movie was B seventeen. Okay, <laughs> that's you know, I, that that was just like, oh, I remember, I remember being profoundly affected by that. That's funny when I was young, I'm like this, this is no good. You know, this <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, Why did you not like that? It just it was horrible. It's horror. It was horrific. It's more oh, it's more horror based than on than really any of the other stories. Right. And it was just, I mean, it was grim from yes. from frame one yeah. to the last frame, you know? Because if, if the there were no zombies, if there were no animated zombie creatures, everybody in the in the B-17 had gotten murdered by, you know, by crossfire. But, anyway, I, but I will right? say, I will Except say this, that sequence ties to its song, the Don Felder heavy metal song, better than any other of the songs in the film to their sequence with the possible exception of black Sabbath's mob rules when they're, when they, when they were storming the horde is storming the city and, and shooting everything up. Those two, those okay. two moments are the two moments in the film where the music works best with the sequence they're included in all the music sequences in the Harry Canyon story, which are like five or six are all just sort of are background sounds. You know, their background Open music play journey. Exactly. It's playing in his apartment when they go there with the girl. It's not, it doesn't mean anything. Well, yeah. Nope. Go ahead, Asan. 
You don't. You, uh, if don't, you got nothing else to say, that's fine. Uh, you, no, I, I don't like. I don't. It. I don't like the. <laughs> I don't like the art. I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of the art. Um. I did, no, I was a fan of the art. I wasn't a fan of the animation right. in and of itself. I. I. I did. I did really like the Captain Stern, uh, segment. Um, and that's probably the thing I remember remembered more vividly than everything else. Um, and Den, Den was, uh, and I thought, I remember Den was, uh, because Den comes later in the film, Den was like kind of blatantly comedic. Right. Den was the second um, story. And so, yeah, it's the second story. Is it? Yep. You didn't it's the one it, right after you? Harry Kane. You didn't watch uh, this recently, did you? No. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I remember it. I, don't remember, remember. I don't remember the sequence. There you go. Is that the one where John Candy turns into the muscle guy and goes? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, the theme there, the uh, the score, who did the score for that? that El- heroic Elmer theme, Bernstein. Elmer that, Bernstein. That's, that's really good. That heroic theme's good for that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess this really was a guilty pleasure then. <laughs> <laughs> I just it, I even it, I own the same I own it on Blu-ray. <laughs> is, what are the extras on there? Are there are there deleted scenes? Uh, yeah, there is one deleted scene that they cut out of the movie for time. So there's there's a whole other. It, little it story. never it never went past the animatic stage though. Yeah, yeah. Are there naked chicks in it? No, I don't think so. No. Uh, no. Oh, you look! It's a seminal, you know, piece of that culture. Oh yeah, especially '80s culture. It's very '80s. Um, there was another animated movie that came out the same year in '81 called American Pop, and it was a oh, Ralph Back. Yeah, a Ralph Back. Yeah, and I hated, I hated that too. I hate all Bashi's. I, I cannot stand his. <laughs> I can't stand his work, except for Lord of the Rings, and even that's not. Did really you ever right. see uh, Heavy Traffic? No, I've seen American. You just watched Pop. Rock and Rule, right? I've seen, yeah, and Rock and Rule. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Cool World? Okay. Yes, I've seen that's cool decent. World. Heavy traffic okay. was is okay. Good soundtrack. Okay. Yeah, the um, couple of a couple of things I I found the screenplay strangely enough for this film, most of the stories in this film were based on stories that already existed in some form or another in Heavy Metal magazine. So they were mm-hmm. adapted, and the and the two writers of the screenplay of this film are the same guys that wrote Meatballs and Stripes. Wow. Uh, without the without the edition, the, without the writing edition, notably of Harold Ramis. So it's 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 interesting to see. Kind well, you know of, what the connecting tissue there is, Ivan Reitman. Yes, yes, because he's the producer. Yeah, and I feel like it's well, it's interesting to see how flat this movie is compared to how lively the screenplays were for Stripes and Meatballs. You know, they also, you know, they also helped create the Harry Canyon story and they created also the Tarna one as well, that based on some characters and some situations from Arzak that was created by Mobius. But that Tarna segment is mostly created for this film. So yeah, that was, that was fun. Uh, the fact that the, the creature that, that Dan is fighting Ula tech, say it backwards. It's Cthulhu. Little, oh, in, yeah. joke. little, little in joke. <clears throat> so, so if you're not a, if you're not a South park fan, the, the the one great thing about this film is the season 12 episode. There's an episode called major boobage. Oh, and, yeah. and it, it's about ostensibly about kids doing drugs. And so Kenny and uh, gets, gets caught up with the latest craze, which is huffing cat pee. And, and, and 
and he he goes into this he gets so crazed on it that he goes into this hallucinatory state and he goes into a version of tarna oh yeah but yeah. all the landscape all the buildings all the accessories all the weapons everything has boobs on them oh it's brilliant it is so great i i recommend it's like it's it's not as good as the world of warcraft episode for obvious reasons but if you it's one of those to, to revisit from a pop culture standpoint because it is so well done. <laughs> and at the end, you know, towards the end of it, it, it comes to light that Kyle's dad also, when he was younger, had the same problem huffing cat pee. And so he falls back. He has a relapse and ends up fighting with Kenny for the right to marry the King's daughter and her, and her rocking tits. And at the end, they end up in this sort of battle to the death in the in the hallucinatory in the hallucinatory state, and all of a sudden it just switches back to real world, and it's the two of them in their underwear in their like wrestling in a sandbox in a public park. Oh, it's great! It's just so fantastic. It's really great. <laughs> so this, this. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Did you see the? Anybody see the sequel to this? Heavy Metal Two Thousand. I have not. I did, I did, and I it's not. I didn't like it at all. So, okay. um, and even you know, and the animation's better. But uh, I don't know. You know, this hit this hit me at the right time, in the right place, in the right mindset, yeah. and uh, <laughs> it was it was just it was just a lot of fun at yeah. the time. You know, and uh, it stayed with me, and I it's I still enjoy it. It's got its own so, trigger. <laughs> yeah. So hey, you know, see, I'm I'm somebody who can love Ingmar Bergman and heavy metal. Uh, yeah. Absolutely, uh, there, there's <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It. Uh, it, it's interesting about the um, the soundtrack on the obviously the LP was released when the movie came out in '81 with all the all the bands on it that were you know of that time. And I mean, and this the soundtrack for this movie is just is is pitch perfect for both the film and for the time because it really collects a group of artists who at the time were kind of not necessarily at their peak, but they were definitely riding pretty high. It was interesting. It, this album was never released on CD until 1995. Right. And the, the VHS was held up until 96 because they could not get the licensing worked out. And it wasn't until Robert or um, Kevin Eastman bought heavy metal and the publishing rights. Uh, Kevin Eastman is one of the guys who created Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. When he purchased Heavy Metal, that's the first thing he did was get all the rights for everything straightened out. And he went back and he got all the licensing cleared up for all that. So all that stuff could come out so that the movie could get freed up finally and they could release the the, the original soundtrack and everyone was going to get paid and and whatnot. What's more interesting is is how many of you have watched the third Heavy Metal film? Didn't know it existed. I, I didn't know there was one. Well, this this will be fun then. So, have any of you watched the Netflix TV series Love, Death, and Robots? Uh, I know I've been yes. told to watch it. That is the final outcome of a conversation that started in 2008 with David Fincher being attached to the third heavy metal film uh, and eventually evolved into a conversation between him and Tim Miller, who created, who is the director of the first Deadpool film. Eventually, uh, through, a, you know, development hell and timing and everything else, this eventually led to Fincher saying, well, why don't we just drop this in Netflix or why wouldn't we give this to Netflix? And that is what led to that 18 episode season of Love, Death and Robots. That was actually originally 
kind of put together as the third heavy metal film. Uh, and there's already been a greenlit second season of Love, Death, and Robots coming. So more cool. to look forward to. And it's better than heavy metal. Uh, it is. It <laughs> is. It, it, very, it very well is. Okay. But I can see it, though. Like, it's, it's got the same, yes. you know, it's got the same DNA. Yep, Absolutely. 100%. 100%. But it was modernized and it was done right. And and some of those segments are are just absolutely brilliant. Um, okay. If you haven't taken we'll the time, and just as gruesome. Oh, you know, like, if, if, that's, if, if, that's if, if not day. more so, if if not <laughs> yeah. more so, actually. Okay. So uh, heavy metal, rocking. So uh, Hassan, uh, have a good night, man. And uh, Raymond, have a good night. And Stevie, hey, hey Latham, I I think you might be forgetting something, pal. Oh, what am I forgetting? Oh God. Down the tubes. And again, the internet is not something that you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's, it's a series of tubes. We will. There's not many heavy metal posters. That's surprising to me. You'd think people would have gone eight chair over this one. You would have thought. Uh, so uh, next is the USA poster. This was the, you know, this is the advanced because it's got the coming in August at the bottom. But this is this is essentially the same image that they used. Uh, the same poster that they use pretty much all over. I mean, uh, hard to beat this poster. It's a pretty good Yeah, poster. it's a great image by Chris Achilleos. Uh, it was a very well-known uh, sci-fi illustrator uh, of the time. And uh, he did some concept work for some design work on the film. And he also did this original image for uh, for the poster. It's and, better uh, than me. Uh, it, well, I mean, yeah, it's a lot more detailed, a lot tighter. It's just the whole thing is is a little better looking. Then, it almost yeah. hurts you because you see this, then you go to the movie and you're like, "Now yeah, what the fuck? I thought it was going to all look like that post. <laughs> I mean, not Raymond when Raymond's going on acid to the theater, but everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so next up is the, um, is the Richard Corbin den poster, which is, uh, this is how, this is the original look and artwork, essentially, of how the original Den story was done in heavy metal with uh, Richard Corbin doing the artwork. Yeah, I mean, it's, maybe the ladies like this one. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, or, you know, I, oh, I boy. I, I, a little too much man meat for you, Lay? Yeah, it is. Okay. Bit, you know, it's fine. You know, if you like that kind of stuff, a little, little too much, little too much beefcake there for you to, to be. I guess both hey. of the posters are equally good. Depending, not on that where there's it. anything wrong with that. We're lingering on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so next up was uh, for the re-release in the uh, when they when they when they brought it back, brought it out on video, louder and nastier than ever. They remastered the sound. I don't like it. Okay. Uh, it's just your take. Yeah. It, I don't, I don't know. You, you blew it here. Nah. <laughs> bah, bah. <laughs> you blew it here. <laughs> I try. I offered you the opportunity to be a cop. You blew it. <laughs> uh, so next is the French poster. Uh, so metal Erlant is the name of the original magazine, the French magazine that heavy metal was based on for the U.S. market. That was the original, the originator of that, the kind of adult-themed uh, comics anthological-style magazine. Nice. Okay. Same thing, though. It's a, you know. 
Just yeah, it's same. It's essentially it. the same image. Yeah. Uh, so next again is a sort of slightly modified version again for Yugoslavia. Just slapping it inside of the Lochnar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty <laughs> out of focus, Lochnar. Yeah, out of focus, Lochnar. Um, and then we have a Russian poster. Some kind of warning on the bottom. Watch <laughs> out there, killer birds. And- <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, I'm sure. It, I, I, I was going to say it says something about jalapenos, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it does. Yeah. <laughs> so don't, don't, don't watch. Don't this eat film. jalapenos <laughs> and watch heavy metal. Don't watch this film. That's what the Russians were saying. That's right. The next is uh, one of the few artist pieces I found by Dan Mumford. Which yeah, I mean, it's a nice picture. It's fits very nicely in with uh, yeah what they were doing. Okay. Uh, and then a piece by Christoph Nowak. Yeah. Kind of, sort of, in the spirit of it. It's definitely in the spirit of the film. Well, it's not taking anything directly from the film, which is, again, yeah. which is. Yeah, it is. It's the guy in the car flying in the, during the credits in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Right, but he's, the, the, this guy's, first of all, this guy's a skeleton. And second of all, it's not a, a direct, a direct oh. ripper because he's got spikes. He's, you know, it's, a, it's a version of that. Yeah, um, you're right. And apparently, uh, Elon Musk is a tremendous fan of this film. So uh, you've got uh, you've got your your partner in crime there, Raymond, to uh, to hang with, and the uh, the Tesla apparently that he sent up with the uh, SpaceX rocket that everyone was talking about was a virtual mock up of the Corvette from Heavy Metal. Where is that car now? I have no idea. Did he just release it into space? I don't know what he did. I, I mean, don't, I don't, I don't, I think he did. I think he did. I heard about I that. I think follow he did. Elon Musk. He, I don't uh, leave that in orbit. So it decays <laughs> and falls on someone's head. That ain't cool, man. He'll be long gone. He doesn't give a shit. Well, yeah, but someone else will be here. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. their problem. Okay. You're right. <laughs> it is their problem. Steve. <laughs> no one's problem here. The only that's right. Is we're <laughs> out of time. <laughs> Well, I'd be happy to come back. Oh, we'll really? Have you, back. We'll have, you, we'll, you, you would after all that? <laughs> I'll I'll pick a I'll pick another uh, esoteric, uh, uh, import important film. <laughs> One of your top five, you. Raymond. Keep going with your top. I mean, you picked two of your top five already. Don't tell yeah, us what well, the. I mean, keep, I have a guess, but it's good. It's uh, it's it's a good way to keep uh, keep us on our toes and keep schooling us a little bit with. Uh, with honest. film, you know, to a bunch of uh, a bunch of comparative neophytes when it comes to uh, film criticism, for sure. Well, uh, all right, two and a half, anyway. All right, fine, <laughs> Latham, you're right. You're you're so far elevated above us in in your. No, criticism. I didn't say above. I just gave myself half credit. Not okay, full credit. I, that's I, fine. I went to film <laughs> school. I saw a bunch of arty films. Exactly. All right. I'm just trying to. And there goes Hassan. <laughs> Raymond, thanks so much. Thank, I'm going to talk to you about my thanks, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, here. Raymond. And, uh, I sure. Thanks we'll, for we'll having me. Thank you for the seventh seal, definitely. That's, we'll, that's, we, will, uh, we will definitely right. have you back soon uh, after the beginning of the year. Uh, if I don't speak with you, have a very nice holiday. Have a, uh, have a very happy new year. And uh, we'll uh, definitely talk to you on the other side. Thanks. Right, Same Raymond, to take, you guys. Take care. Soon, right. Raymond, take care.
Uh, all right. Well, uh, thanks to Fesleyan Music. Please check out our website at sentimentalpod.com for all the poster images we discuss in our Down the Tube segments. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Sentimental wherever you enjoy your podcast. You can always listen to new episodes at sentimentalpod.com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at sentimentalpod. For Hassan Godwin, Lathan Conger III, Raymond Benson, and myself, we say thank you so much for listening. As always, in the words, our friend and... French cinema auteur Truman Burbank. <laughs> good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Scythe wielding. No. <laughs>